And then I was shown that um, uh, that Lucifer would return, that the UN and the Vatican were going to be completely behind it, again, under false pretenses. He's going to show up and say, I'm here to save the day, right? Uh, and, okay, fine, you know. Yeah, of course, ahead, you can say whatever you want. But I've always hated censorship. It's the internet. Sometimes, you know, once they get you for your first love bite, well, it depends on how aware you are, right? I forgot my bullets. I never had a gun. Here I am left standing. Am I the only one? For what I see, memories have guilted me. I'll never see the sun. Uh, first of all, as you know, the uh, the Anunnaki and the Draco are enemies. Second of all, underneath Baghdad was a stargate that was created by the Anunnaki so that they could transfer from the middle to the earth. I'll never see the sun I could just end it all But the demons will have one Practitioners that you know, some are, are good and some use their magic for good and to heal and to help and others do use it for evil. And, you know, in some cases, you know, people really were. <laughs> this is too much sometimes. From the broken ruins of Babylon, this is End of Days Radio. I am your host, Daniel, broadcasting all the way to you from the shimmering Emerald City right here in the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Today's guests are Bill and Kyle from the Mandate 33 YouTube channel. Bill and Kyle have created a very original documentary-style show that focuses on mysterious paranormal and occult topics. The Mandate 33 YouTube channel just may be the new hottest thing in paranormal-slash-conspiracy, and I'm very excited to talk to the guys today. Real quick, today's date is Tuesday, August 15, 2017, and I will be broadcasting for a very long time today. We're just going to keep it going. So be sure to stick around after the guest and after the break. And we're going to keep things moving. But right now, I'm going to go ahead and dial up our guests. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. I was hoping to get the uh, skeptic side of things on here as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll try to I'll try to fill in where I can. I'll 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 play I'll try to do both roles. Uh yeah. Well all right, let's go ahead and first of all, I suppose a good way to start would be to just ask 
is there anything new going on in your world? Anything you'd like to start off by sharing? Yeah, I mean, we, um, yeah, it, it's funny. We we actually just uh, wrapped photography on a, uh, I guess, I guess you could call it uh, sort of a mandate thirty three esque feature um, that we shot out in the mid, mid uh, the Southwest um, and applying some of the. Uh, some of the principles we learned, uh, well, well, well going on our road trips. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we've been working on recently. Um, I don't know if I need to make an introduction <laughs> regarding the road trips, uh, uh, to, to your audience, but, um, well, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I mean, I could start off by saying that when I first discovered your videos, it was probably the way that most people do. You see it in the so- sidebar with the suggestions and, uh, the topic looked interesting. I clicked it and I was shocked to find that you guys actually have an on location show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we sort of in- inadvertently created or, or we walked into that format and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's I, right. I guess, I guess that's what you call it uh, because I mean, we'd love to do a podcast, but we're just, we're just no good at it. And uh, we really have to be, I think we have to be on location for the for the magic to, to happen. So, yeah. 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 I mean, not to put myself down, but podcasts are uh, nowadays they're becoming, I wouldn't say they're common, but there's quite a few of them out there, but I've never seen anything like what you guys are doing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, I, I, I there, there's, there's a, I feel like there's a few other, uh, there are some other groups that are doing similar things, but I, I'll confess right off, right, right, right off the bat. I am, I am insanely out of the loop <laughs> just in general. And so, but I, I do, I occasionally run into other filmmakers who are doing, you know, they're trying to get out to some of these sites and, uh, do some legwork, I guess, you know, and, and just, um, uh, ch- check out, check out the locations of the people, which I would, you know, after having done this for about, I think, uh, we're like six years out, I would, I would totally recommend, um, you know, uh, even, even if it's just in your own backyard, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to kind of, uh, seek, seek these places out. But I mean, when, when we started, it was like pre Atlas Obscura, you know, I mean, a lot of those things, really hadn't kicked off yet. I'm not sure, you know, I, I couldn't tell, Atlas Obscura, I don't know how old that is, but it, it, um, it seemed really new at the time, but I guess, I guess now I feel like, uh, there's, there's more and more of this happening. So. Well, one thing that I liked was there was one I was watching where it showed a little bit of you guys actually driving out to the location. And I'm somebody that loves to drive and it really pulls you into the, uh, the atmosphere when you see you guys actually heading out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really dig road trip movies in general. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I, we wanted, I, I mean the initial, uh, trip we took, <clears throat> which was in 2011. Uh, so yeah, like six years ago, um, we, we were essentially looping throughout, you know, uh, the Southwest. And yeah, I mean, 
we had no idea. I mean, literally, it was just like a lark. You know, we just decided we'll we'll do this, whatever, and we'll 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 shoot it, and we'll see how it turns out. And we were cutting from the road, and so it just kind of all fell into place that yeah, we should be. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, let's just film while we're <laughs> let's just roll while we're driving. You know, and and that tends to be the the time when some of the the best uh, insights, uh, some of the best discourse between the two of us uh, takes place. Uh, so we'd just be, I'd just be rolling out. I'm generally in the passenger seat. Kyle is driving and I'll just generally be rolling out the window while we talk. And um, yeah. And sometimes we get some nuggets and, and we use those, but uh, usually it's, yeah, we just really beautiful visuals. I mean, it's, it's pretty gorgeous scenery out there anyhow. So you can't, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with, 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 with that other, other, other places, uh, not so much. And so, uh, yeah, it, it really depends on, uh, on, I, I guess the roads that you are tripping upon. Yeah. There's, there's certainly a lot of beautiful scenery out there. And to me, it just makes it all, it, it, it brings it down to reality when you can actually show the location where something happened or something supposedly happened. It just makes it all the more authentic and real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, a great example of that um, for me is on the second day of our first trip, we were um, we were we were it was it was such a new thing that we had. We really had no idea if we should just turn back or hang out in Denver for a week because we had just we it was totally unplanned. And we had some concept of what we were doing, but we were um uh, we were having our doubts. And so we're, we were driving down to Pueblo uh, to investigate um, this entry in Jim Brandon's Weird America uh, regarding uh, the Wazui Man, which is like a, this cryptozoological entity out, uh, outside Pueblo, pretty remote spot. And so it was just it was interesting as we as we leave the highway and we leave the roads and then we're on the back roads and then we're on the dirt roads and then, you know, like these clay dirt roads. And then we're in a dry arroyo, just that sort of progression out into like, where, where are we, you know, where, where, where are we going exactly? You know, and it just, uh, it just kept on escalating. And so that, you know, yeah, I mean, and that, and that's, I think ever since that, that experience, which was the second day of our, very first trip we we realized we need to just keep rolling because you'll never know you, you, you'll never know what you get essentially now to get a little bit about your background bill uh where are you where are you originally from i it, it's uh i i grew up um in both colorado and massachusetts um yeah yeah and what was it about filmmaking that appealed to you? Was there something that happened growing up? Did you have any idols? How did how did that get started? I was a typical 80s kid, so I was, you know, definitely I remember seeing Star Wars in theaters when it was it was trotted back out in 1979 and you know, uh, you know, so I Spielberg movies, everything else, um Definitely, it was probably a generational thing. But then as I was in high school and I was less interested in movies, I started, I kind of stumbled over David Lynch and then Vim Benders and a few other filmmakers. And 
I think the combination of those influences in high school definitely, definitely stirred up uh, a passion um, for both, I guess, weirdness and, and, and yeah, filmmaking. So. And at what point did you start to kind of discover that there might be some truth to some strange things or, or when did you become interested in things that were a little bit strange or odd? Um, I, again, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know if this was, uh, you know, I, uh, an eighties kid thing, but I definitely, you know, growing up, especially in Colorado, Colorado was a great experience. Um, just a lot of interest in, in unidentified, you know, phenomena, uh, overhead. Um, and yeah, I mean, I lived in a great, I, I grew up in uh, Castle Rock, uh, for a few years and that Castle Rock was sort of, it was sort of an epicenter for a lot of that, that, um, you know, just, just, general weirdness, whether or not, uh, the, the locals realize it. And, uh, you know, there was some Valet has some uh, Jacques Valet, um, Heineck, uh, they have some entries, uh, regarding sightings, uh, in the castle rock area. And I was sort of aware of, of some of that stuff growing up, definitely the cattle mutilation thing, which was, um, prevalent at the time. I, I believe we lived in the, uh, so-called cattle mutilation corridor, and, you know, uh, the satanic panic had hit, you know, the local, uh, the local schools. So, yeah, I mean, just be, being surrounded by that, you know, as a, as a, uh, uh, as a kid, uh, definitely lit up, uh, some interest and, you know, I just pouring through libraries just, just to, just to absorb as much as I could, you know, so yeah, I think it was early on, uh, but I, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll uh, definitely uh, overtook the teenage years, and I, I kind of, kind of forgot about a lot of this stuff until I, um, you know, I, I was safely uh, out of out of school and uh, had a job, and I could sort of finance some of these uh, these passions, I guess. So, have you ever had any sort of experience like have you seen a ufo have you had a haunting has anything seriously weird ever happened to you um i yeah i mean uh i i kind of uh i, I got interested in the i guess uh my interest was rekindled uh by an experience um i was i was out with a friend, um, this guy, I think we had, we had come home from a movie late one night, just like, the, you know, the typical, uh, UFO sighting, but we had come home. We were just, you know, just, just, just talking, uh, in his driveway and it was late. It was probably like one thirty two 2 AM. And, uh, the, the, it was a cul-de-sac that we were in. It just lit up like, like the sun had come out at night, which is a, um, I don't know. I am definitely quoting, you know, like the interrupted journey or something, but it's, uh, everything just lit up. And th th then there was this really unusual beeping sound, uh, that kind of, it's, it seemed to kind of move around the cul-de-sac area. And it was, uh, at the time I wasn't 
it's funny. I was kind of thinking that it was like just some local hoodlums, you know, like uh, I, I was half expecting somebody to throw like a, an M80 or something, you know, like something was about to explode, but nothing did. And it was really weird. And then uh, it stopped and my friend has no re- recollection of it, but I became obsessed with it. And um, yeah, I just started, I, I guess at that point I, I started to get back into the whole, definitely uh, the, the UFO narrative, you know, the, 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 the recurring uh, narrative, the narrative that recurs every time, you know, a sighting happens. Uh, there's just, you know, certain, certain tropes that, uh, that one hits. Uh, and the, the beeping sound, I, I initially, uh, there was a term for a, a meteor strike. When a meteor strikes the atmosphere, it sends a, 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 a like a shockwave or a sound wave, uh, straight down. And, um, that there's like lottery odds you could be standing in the path of this, this, this sound wave. And, and possibly that's what had, you know, caused this, uh, this really bizarre sound effect. Um, but, uh, you know, I, as I began to really dig into it, then I, 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 I really started to get into the Betty and Barney Hill sighting and obviously beeping sounds, uh, traveling up and down their car is a really, you know, important uh, aspect of that of that encounter and that to a degree that blew my mind because i i hadn't really been thinking ufo until i i i started pouring into the betty and Brian hill case and obviously there's missing time and etc which which uh you know those corollaries uh started to crop up as they do and it uh yeah then it it's quickly snowballed into a passion so did you ever figure out what what race or what type of beings might have been responsible for that? I don't know. I mean, my opinion, uh I would say definitely like uh I guess it like vacillates between it's it's possibly man-made and or or it's something else and I I, I, my distinct feeling after that sighting was that it was like some weird, like sixties psyop technology, you know, like something that like Nazi paperclip scientists had developed in the sixties, you know, like it wasn't, it, it was, it just seemed kind of low tech, uh, but it was still really, um, it was really unusual, you know, like it, it, I don't know if I can I can use uh, uh, profanity on the air here, but they oh, they ab- absolutely! I'd love for you to do that. <laughs> okay, all right. It fucked around with you a bit. It was it was it was weird, you know. It just so you know. So uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, no, no. To answer your question, I have I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very. Uh, I suppose that would be very troubling. Did you wonder if maybe you were being targeted targeted in some way? No more than, I guess, just about half of everybody else who has some sort of experience like this. You know, I don't I, I think um, I think the way we react to it is 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 interesting. I, I think the missing time piece, um, you know, I, I yes, I wonder what it means that I myself did not experience missing time in that specific case. And, my, and you know, the, the, my friend did. And 
you know, I still draw no conclusions, I suppose. But it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I also think the, if man-made, the, the experience is engineered in such a fashion that it, it sort of, uh, you, you, you bring a lot of yourself into how you perceive the, the, um, you know, the exciting or the encounter. And I think it's, I think it's sort of engineered that way. So I think, I think people that haven't, you know, um, they have abduction experiences or even, even just a light in the sky. I think I, I get the impression that it's, it's structured in such a way as to elicit this feeling like you're special, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I personally don't, feel that that's the case i take it you believe in in things like black budget programs and and super 60 layer deep military secrets and technologies i yeah i mean i i think there's no question that those things exist i mean you know um ever since mk ultra ended up in a paper shredder right i mean it's it's uh yeah I, I, w- I would say so. Um, you know, I the the the, the Dulce case, uh, the Gabe Valdez book uh, from a few years back would uh, it it mentioned um, there was a there was an encounter. They were having an issue with um, cattle mutilations, obviously, and the Valdez uh, sheriff. He, I think, the, I think they encountered. They essentially. I think that I think something touched down and they said it had like a lawnmower, uh, like a, like a motor on the back that sound like sounded, you know, like putted along. And, and then there was a light fixed to this thing. And, you know, it, it was so obviously like a, a military, a military op, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I, I do think we're being effed around with terrifically by the military. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, yeah, and I, I think there's even, right, black budget stuff, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I w- I'm not, I'm not expert on any of that, um, but I, I, uh, are, just from my own experience and having spoken with some personalities, I, there's no question that they've, they've, they've definitely tried to um, appropriate the phenomena, because I, I also I also believe there's a genuine phenomena, uh, but I, I think many instances of it that we see out there today are you know probably probably military, you know. So yeah, I would I would have to agree with that, uh, mostly because I can see the technology that we have right in front of us, the iPhones, iPads, and things like that. To me, sometimes it almost feels like this stuff is just being kind of rolled out because because I can only imagine the stuff that they actually have really deep in those hidden locations wherever. I can only imagine it's just complete out-of-this-world stuff. I mean, I, I've had an experience where I saw something weird and never really been able to explain it, so I'd have to absolutely agree with you on that one. Oh, no, kid, was it like, like a, a light in the sky or was it... What was your experience? I actually saw one of those those uh, triangle UFOs, and it approached me very closely, and it, it just 
it, similar to you, it, it kind of uh, kindled a certain interest. It well, actually it drove me nuts because I wanted so bad to figure out what was going on. It happened when I was 18. I'm 34 now, so it was a long time ago, and it's been a long journey that eventually led me to starting the show. Yeah, and it, it sticks. Like, you can't shake it, which is, uh, you know, I, I think it's part parcel of that that experience, I think. And again, you know, uh, kudos to whoever just uh, put together that recipe because it, it works, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you guys also cover occult type of topics, things that are related to magic and ceremonial magic and things like that, ceremonial ritual. At what point did you decide to start covering those topics? Well, we, so, so initially we were, we, we were set, our, our plan was to try to hit as many entries in Jim Brandon's Weird America. I don't, are you familiar with Weird America? Uh, vaguely, like I know I've heard it, but I, I, I haven't really looked into it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those books. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic and, um, definitely highly recommended. I, I don't know if it's still, it, it used to be extremely, or it used to be hard to find, but I, I think it's, I think it might be, it, it it's, it's at least available now. Um, but I, it, yeah, so we were trying to hit the entries in that book. So he covers a lot of ground. I mean, it's, it's, he'll cover just about anything. And, um, you know, so I, yeah, we, we, we covered Jack Parsons. I believe he covers China Lake in, um, weird America, definitely devil's gate dam. And so we were, we were essentially just trying to structure our road trips around hitting as many of these entries as possible. Um, and it, it, to the degree that it sort of became a game to see, you know, how many we could nail in like four days, you know, just driving, you know, 3000 miles or whatever, you know, I mean, it, and, um, so, so it, it ran, I mean, it, we, we just, just, just about, I mean, nothing, we, we were, we were open to just about anything, you know, on, on these trips. So, but I, I mean, I, I also, I mean, we, I, I also have an interest in the occult. I mean, I, it's, it's, we weren't letting Jim Brandon drive things, uh, completely. I mean, we were, you know, fascinated with this stuff. So it, it just offered kind of offered a framework for us to just pursue some of these things. Uh, yeah. One thing that's very interesting about that, especially, uh, you know, just coming across your videos somewhat randomly is actually having somebody, you know, like I said earlier, having somebody go on location and make it feel real, make it feel physical and educate people on a type of history that has been completely covered up by mainstream media and the school books. Nobody will go near occult topics because uh, let's face it. Many people out there believe that it's all satanic. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you could def- definitely make the case that I mean America was sort of I mean it's it's its founding principle was the occult to a degree. I mean we're we're a nation of outcasts, and uh, you know um, it's I, I I think especially when you start to investigate a lot of this stuff, uh, definitely definitely on the West Coast because because you know. Um, I believe we were talking to Greg Bishop and Adam Gorightly 
um, Devil's Gate, I think they had mentioned that the, you know, the, 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 everybody, folks who were looking to escape, they, they were, they were driven as far west as possible, you know? So you, you really, you really start to, uh, definitely, uh, that, that, that underbelly in America is just so, it's so prevalent out there. And whereas on the East coast, you know, it's a bit more puritanical and, uh, you know, so, so us, it, it was, it was almost shocking to us that, you know, uh, that you, you could, I mean, literally you couldn't swing a cat without, you know, I, I don't know, uh, hitting, uh, 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 like a, a process church or something. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was really interesting. Uh, out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I, I think it's so integral to, uh, American history, uh, the occult. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, when you get a figure like Parsons, um, there, there are far more obscure cults. Um, there's a, there's a cult in, uh, Colorado, Sedalia that we were following. Um, this, this figure, Maurice Doriel, again, they, uh, you know, basically building on a tradition um, of, you know, uh, of uh, weird, I don't know, Enochian magic, etc. That just, for whatever reason, it, it uh, I, I don't know, uh, a lot of these figures struck. I, I know uh, Jack Parsons. Yeah. What was the second one you mentioned? Uh, Maurice Doriel. Uh, What's the deal with that? Doriel. Um, he was sort of, he's sort of a pet project of ours. I mean, we're, we're just interested. He's, he was a, um, he founded a cult in Sedalia. Uh, essentially he, he ended up atom bomb proofing a valley. Um, it's about, I think it's about 30 miles Southwest of, um, Denver. Um, and it, uh, it's, it's called the brotherhood of the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Brotherhood of the White Temple, and so they they became interested because they were they're essentially a UFO cult. He was, you know, and and I guess if 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 you're if you're going to found a cult, you, you best draw in as many just disparate and weird you know things as possible. So they there are all sorts of rumors circulating this cult that they eat space food, algae, etc. Uh, that they, you know, that they have their own functioning, you know, flying saucer uh, on the grounds. And uh, they're also, it, it, they, they appear to be like airtight, like the, these people don't talk. And they've been, they've been out there since like the late 40s. Um, and uh, so Doriel, Doriel was sort of moving in the same circles as Jack Parsons in the thirties and forties, I believe. Like they were, they were, there were these, uh, sci-fi, you know, literary groups out in Los Angeles. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Doriel, who's, who's, uh, his real name is Claude Doggins. He, uh, I think he frequented some of these groups. So anyhow, he was, um, uh, he, he ended up, I, I he, he's credited with, with sort of the, the whole, uh, reptilian, uh, thing. I mean, he was, Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he, I mean, he, he, he was drawing it from Robert Howard and the, the call the conqueror stories, but he, yeah, I mean, I think 
think just recently I was reading an article where somebody essentially just put it to rest, but he, he was there. The, the reptilian, uh, he, he would write these, these tracts. Uh, one of them is the Emerald tablets of Thoth, uh, just these, uh, these sort of missives that, that were sent out from the, the temple. And, um, I believe in one of those, that's where he sort of introduces this concept of like the reptilian masters, you know? So, yeah, I mean, and, and there, there are lots of groups like these, his specifically to us is, is fascinating. And, um, they, uh, yeah, that's another road trip, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, and he had influence over Hubbard, um, in Scientology, or at least in our opinion, um, you know, so these, these groups, these groups still exist. I mean, they're out there. I mean, they, they, um, they, and, and they have so much, uh, invisible influence over us. We, we just don't even, you know, definitely over our imaginations, which, which is a very powerful thing. So. And you mentioned Jack Parsons. What a crazy, insane story. I, it's, hard to even put it into words because it's really just that insane. Yeah. Parsons, Parsons is, he was, uh, it's incredible. I mean, even more than Parsons is, uh, the Marjorie, the more insane is the Marjorie Cameron story. Uh, his, his wife. Um, but yeah, Parsons, I love Parsons because I was a huge fan of the movie, uh, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension when I was, when I was, when I was younger. And, uh, he, I, I'm almost positive that Earl Mack, uh, who wrote um, Buckaroo, I, I, I know Parsons was the template for um, Buckaroo Banzai, because Parsons, as I think as a teen or in his early 20s, he, he built uh, a jet car. I mean, the guy has done it all. And uh, yeah, he, he built a jet car. I, I don't think it traveled through mountains, but he was, um, you know, a uh, really interesting figure. And right um, declared himself the antichrist and, um, was, uh, with the Babylon working, you know, did he, did he, did he open a gateway and did, 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 uh, you know, uh, did something, some extraterrestrial entity rush in extra dimensional, whatever. Um, but even, even more, uh, if, if you trace, so, so, so the Parsons story, uh, became especially interesting to us uh, because we had ju- we had just traveled to Giant Rock, and so when you when you actually get out to these locations and you see their proximity, and in which case Devil's Gate Dam and Giant Rock, they're they're you know hundreds hundreds of miles apart. But um, uh, to learn that Jack Parsons' wife um, Marjorie Cameron had essentially ex- I think she had exiled herself to Giant Rock. Um, you know, from a place like Pasadena, which is it's just so rich, uh, you know, and cultured, and you go out to Giant Rock, which is just in the middle of the Mojave, and it's it's still really awesome. But I mean, it, I, I would imagine in, in extremely remote and um, desolate at the time. Uh, the you know, uh, it raises all kinds of questions. Um, you know, and her story at Giant Rock. Giant Rock um, is, you know, obviously a, a big UFO hot spot um, as well. And that, and that, right. So, 
Sorry, Daniel. I, I meander a lot. If Kyle were here, if my co, if my partner Kyle were here, he'd be he'd be trying to wrangle this. But uh, yeah, I, I would say if if you're not familiar with Marjorie Cameron's story, definitely uh, definitely seek out Wormwood Star, which is a great book about her. Yeah, I've read a, a little bit about a little bit about Parsons and, and some of the stuff that they were going on, some of the stuff that they were doing. And uh, I, I remember one part where they were talking about being in a house somewhere and they were just doing all kinds of crazy rituals and stuff like that. And they were actually having UFOs fly by the house and they're seeing them all the time. Whatever Jack Parsons was interested in, it seemed that there was some extraterrestrial or, or other dimensional uh, force that was watching him and, and maybe uh, influencing him or, or who knows. Right. I, I mean, um, what what is uh, I think Robert Anton Wilson refers to it as the Chapel Perilous. Uh, you know, when you when you kind of go down that, it's like a vision quest, and then you you just sort of uh, accumulate all of you know these these synchronicities and, and just weirdness. You attract it like a magnet, and uh, it's no question that that Parsons everywhere he went, he just kind of drew this stuff to himself. Um, yeah, yeah, the stories are. Really interesting. I think is is it is it true that Ridley Scott is making a, a Parsons television series? Uh, oh, I haven't even heard about that, but this is the yeah. first time I've heard that. I, I'm a big Ridley Scott fan, so <laughs> that's hitting me uh, with a lot of. I'm having a lot of enthusiasm at the moment. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive he's he's working on something like that. Which yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I I'm I'm, I'm pretty psyched. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I. We were we were attempting to get it. So China Lake, I think, is one of the suspected uh, spots where the Babylon working took place, which was the um, the working uh, that he had under undergone with um, L. Ron Hubbard. Um, the and it, it's fairly remote. We weren't able to get out there. Um, so uh, the next best thing uh, in in our minds was Giant Rock, and Giant Rock is also a big. George Van Tassel, uh, uh, his, his Integratron's out there. And that's so, a, a, you know, large UFO hotspot draws a lot of weirdness to it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's just funny. It does, does, does a Jack Parsons figure, does he spring out of his environment like this? Is it, is it because he, you know, uh, is it, is it because he came out of that, that, uh, that land, you know, that landscape. I mean, is it is it Pasadena? Is it is it Los Angeles? Is it is it the, is it the Mojave? What what is it that creates a figure like him? Because he was so singular, you know. Um, so it, yeah. it does seem. I think you you make a good point because it almost does seem. And I don't say this to to say that nowadays isn't special, but it seems like there was really something special going on during that era, like the like the sixties, especially. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. Right. You know, you you you, I, you, you wonder if 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 either if either uh, Parsons or Crowley was successful in in uh, whatever the, the bringing about the uh, the new uh, the new the new age of uh, was it Oris? I, I, I'm not. I, I'd have to. I'd have to check. But I, essentially, they were trying to bring about this. Um, this new era of human, you know, of, of the enlightened human, you know, and um, uh, Crowley wanted every 
every every man to be a, a magician essentially and and you know i guess i guess that kind of that that essentially took place in the 60s i mean it, it's almost as if they're 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 that that juju that they were stirring up for so long it it uh it uh yeah it it, it bubbled over and and then we we got right sex drugs and rock and roll i mean and and, and, then, and, then, and then the cia came in and, and fought it all back they uh <laughs> they you know and what are your yeah you're right it, it seems that it seems like it, it maybe it did happen because the way I see it, things back then everybody had the same haircut, everybody wore the same type of clothes, everything was simple. A lot of people had very, uh, very cookie cutter sort of somewhat biased mentalities towards towards each other, and now the world just seems so much more detailed and colorful. There's so much more expression. There, there seems to be so much more freedom in, in a, in a way, it seems to be exactly what Crowley was trying to achieve. Yeah. 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 Who knows? I, I, I mean, he's, he's smiling back at us from the cover of uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, you know, he's, he's depicted on there. So I, I, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, that's uh, that's another good point to think that he may have influenced the Beatles at all, or that they they held them in such a high regard. It, it shows, it really proves what you're saying, what influence that he had on on the future. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think he's yeah. a good or a bad guy? I, I mean, just your opinion of Crowley in general. I. Uh... I think like any, anybody, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I, Crowley was definitely, uh, definitely into some, into some, into some pretty heavy stuff. Um, I think he's a thinker. Uh, Crowley is, is brilliant. I mean, I was reading, so, so doing research, um, one of our trips, we, we were, um, uh, investigating the Ossipee triangle in New Hampshire, which, um, pretty amazing and that, and that was something we had done sort of of whole cloth i mean it was uh, we were we were we were not working off of any well we were working off of a blog post um but we uh one of the research materials was was moonchild uh by crowley and um you know crowley uh that that book is packed and i would recommend that to anybody whether whether they think uh you know crowley is um you know, the, the, uh, the, the great beast or not, you know, he, um, he was brilliant. I mean, the, the guy was brilliant. Um, rem- reminded of, a, I think there was a story about Gurdjieff who's like a Russian mystic who, um, who, uh, I think he forcibly removed Crowley from the crowds of his, of his, uh, compound and called him unclean. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I think, I think, I think both aspects are true. And I think, I think Crowley welcomes both. I mean, it was, he was, it was definitely his journey was, you know, it was sort of this, this, uh, insane, you know, mystic dialectic, uh, between good and evil, uh, and, 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 and way more than that, you know? And how did, how did all of the people involved in the films meet each other? Like how did you and 
Kyle meet each other, and I, I believe there's a third guy involved too. Well, yeah, we have. Yeah, it's so Kyle and I, we 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 sort of started out with the first trip just on our own. I mean, it literally was a mandate. I mean, it was just two guys getting together to you know, you know, just have a good time for a weekend. I mean, there was not any forethought really. I mean, I I just said you know we should structure it around this this book. Um, but then, then after we had completed that first trip, um, my brother Ryan actually, uh, started to get involved. Um, he was, he was shooting with us quite a bit, um, and helping us to produce segments. Um, so he came, he came out on our second trip, which was, um, it was, uh, it was essentially, uh, Ohio and West Virginia. Um, and then, uh, then I, we just we just kept on picking up uh, uh, fellow mandators, uh, a friend of ours, Mark, uh, Chris, um, who, who who was an expert uh, in the in the first episode of our Osby Triangle series, and then he has he's essentially been helping us produce uh, videos and just helping us with research and and you know we I don't know I mean so we don't uh, uh, membership is open. Uh, anybody can be a mandator. It's, it's really not, we don't look at it as just uh, a thing that Kyle and I do, although it ends up, it ends up falling back to us, you know, running around and uh, spending a week, maybe every other year trying to, trying to, trying to uh, plow through some of these mysteries. Would you guys ever try breaking into Bohemian Grove? I, I don't know. I think it's been done. It's been done so much, you know, um, or it's been done once very famously by, by Alex Jones and I think John Ronson. Right. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in, in Bohemian Grove. I'm a huge fan of the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Um, I, I've got no doubt that the rich are up to some fairly nefarious things. But I think there are other there are definitely other puzzles out there um that i think we're more suited to sort of and and the other the other problem with us and you probably i mean it's it's probably evident from the way i'm just skipping around topics here is we're not we're not like i think you had adam go rightly on recently yeah he's just the other day researcher uh thinker we're we don't we, we, we don't penetrate that deep. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're day trippers in this world. So we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll only get so far, I think, but I mean, we definitely turn stuff up. I mean, we've, we've, we've turned some pretty hard evidence up. Uh, you know, some of these, some of these stories, um, have factual basis, which is amazing. I mean, that's, that's the thing that really keeps us going. Uh, Kyle, who, uh, by by nature is sort of the the natural philosopher of the group. He he's he's astounded at at how much is you know how much is true when it comes to some of these cases uh, that you know like again hard evidence. Um, but we never I don't know we we don't I don't feel like we get deep enough um, and I, I don't think we could do some of those topics enough justice. Uh, yeah. How about this one? Would you guys ever, uh, this is something that could be a little dangerous. That's why I'm asking. Would you guys ever try to find the entrance to an underground alien base? We, you know, we, we did, we attempted, 
what was the there was the opening gosh uh have you seen the movie the descent uh i wanted to watch that that's the one where they go down into the caves and stuff right yeah it's a neil marshall movie that's based on an actual spot which I, I almost think it was blue humanoids that were, were witnessed. Um, so we, we've, we, we went out to that spot. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, the, 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 the most fascinating thing about that spot is that the nearby it, I mean, wh- whether or not the, the, the tales are true, because I, I think, um, Stories of, of Tommyknockers and all kinds of tales. Uh, th- right next to it is the Natural Land Bridge in Virginia, which is like this amazing uh, geological formation. And then down the street from that is um, Foamhenge, which is this really crazy site that this eccentric, uh, I don't know, like carny artist created out of foam, which are li- like a life-size replica of Stonehenge in foam. And like... I think Merlin surfboarding nearby. I mean, it's, it's just insane, but this, these are all like this, this stuff is again, it's, it's like this, this opening, which ostensibly is an opening to possibly an underground, you know, extraterrestrial base, you know, not, not, you know, a mile down the street is the natural land bridge. And then this guy is creating all this remarkable outsider art, you know, maybe a five minute drive from there. So I don't know. We, we get easily distracted, you know, like we, we went there for the express purpose of, yeah, we're going to check this out and, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of this, but then we're like, Oh, look at that. Uh, what is that doing there? And, you know, uh, foam hench, let's, uh, let's take some snapshots and, and that's our problem. I mean, I would say that's, that's our problem. It's a, it's a healthy problem to have. And I think anybody who starts to, you know, I mean, if, if you, when you get out there, you, you just, it's, if, if you're, if you're open to it, there's just the, the there's so much that these sites uh, have to offer, and it's it 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 begs it really begs the question like what's going on there? Is, is it some sort of like bizarre, you know, geological anomaly? Is 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 gravity weaker? Is it is is what, what is it about these spots uh, that you know just I, I don't know attracts. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's I, I really think it's it's it has something to do. It's in, intrinsic to both uh, the, the 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 landscape and and our imaginations. Like it's something it's something that's 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 at play there. Um, Fritz Leiber. I'm a huge fan of Fritz Leiber. He has a great line. Uh, it, it's really weird. Um the we, we were we had we had on our West Coast trip. We had. um we were driving through the Santa Monica mountains, which uh, we were kind of chasing up a story about um, uh, Lemurian ruins in the Santa Monica mountains. And we, we went out there and it was, it was, it was really strange and bizarre. This place is like, um, it's uh, lots of winding, scary mountain roads, etc. cetera. And um, j- just, just the other day, um, you know, I was, I was discussing, uh, Fritz Leiber with, with, um, somebody who had joined us on that trip. She had come up from Topanga Canyon to talk about UFOs and the Santa Monica mountains. And I opened, uh, to this Fritz Leiber story about, um, that same spot, Santa Monica mountains. He had written a horror story about it. And I think in the 
first paragraph, or, or he, he's describing sort of the shadow land where our, our consciousness meets the landscape. And that's sort of where these, these things grow, you know? And, um, Whoa, that's trippy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the story is really trippy too. It's a great story. Um, blanking on it right now. I'm a terrible guest, Daniel, but, uh, <laughs> no, no, you're <laughs> Bill, you're, you're selling yourself so short. You're telling me that you, you're not an expert on this stuff. You are, you are very knowledgeable and you are doing just fine. I'm a, I'm a hobbyist, but, but the, but the, Basically, I mean, yeah, I mean, so Liber, and I, I think just, it was just the combination of, of uh, us having visited that site, the story, and then, and then his own personal explanation for how this stuff works. There's some sort of alchemy at play between, you know, locations and our imaginations, our consciousness. I mean, uh, I think you may have been discussing recently James Shelby Downard, uh, his mystical toponymy. You know that that I think is probably part part parcel of the same, you know, same same something that's that's at play here. It's just it's 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 sort of beyond science, or or it's it's something it's, it's fringe science that really you know I, I, science doesn't have a, a a scalpel sharp enough to to pick away at it. And being that you have been out there in the field. We did touch on this a little bit earlier, but I still want to ask, being that you have been out there in the field and you've seen this and you've seen that, uh, in your opinion, in your honest opinion, is the world run by an Illuminati? I I don't I, I don't know if I have enough faith in humans to believe that they could organize a secret society like that and, and run the, run the world. I, the, I think the concept of, uh, secret masters, um, is really interesting. That's, um, Thelema and Crowley, um, Iwas, uh, and, and, and other personalities, uh, from like theosophy. Um, I, I, I think that they're, that, uh, I think that secret societies uh, definitely have influenced. There's no question they've influenced history. I mean, I, I firmly believe that. I mean, you know, America was was a project uh, several centuries long, you know, for for a secret society, and um, and it's 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 an experiment that's still sort of running its course. Um, so, so to that extent, I, yes, I mean, I, I think they, 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 that a society that has to run in secret um, is doing so probably uh, to, bring, to bring us to places we, we otherwise wouldn't go. I don't know, I don't know if right now, uh, you know, I, I guess the question would be, are, they, are, there, are there secret societies or criminal societies that are secret? you know, that are doing things. And, and certainly I, yes, criminal societies that are doing things in secret. Yes. Those may be driving things around the world. Uh, is the Illuminati criminal, uh, shadow secret society that I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's, uh, it's a question I, I, Definitely struggle with I having been a huge fan of Robert Anton Wilson uh, when I was a young man, uh, the Illuminatus trilogy. I was always I, I always thought it was amazing um, how he had the, all of the, the the conspiracy is really the fact that all of these groups are kind of playing against they're bouncing off one another. 
you know um and, yeah yeah and, I, I think that i think that sorry to cut you off but i think that that makes the most sense to to me as well that they're bouncing off each other and they're not completely unified yeah yeah and 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 maybe maybe that's Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I, I just I'm fascinated by those groups, though. I mean, they're they're, they're obviously, you know, uh, they they may they may think they they are yeah controlling human affairs. Um, you know, when it comes down to like a secret space program or something like that, I I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm again fascinated by that stuff. I, uh, I, I I I I I would I would love to think that we're living in a world <laughs> where the uh, Mankind could get organized and and was brilliant enough to uh, to pull something like that off. I ju- I you know I don't know, but I do think uh, I do think uh, and you know I mean to the degree that that there there has been a historical Illuminata society. Um, I, I yes, obviously they've had influence over human affairs. Is, is that continuing right now? I I, I couldn't tell you. And how about? How about your opinion on this one? Was nine eleven an inside job? Uh, I don't know, man. I again, I, I, you know, uh, I fall back on the the books I've read. I, I Bleeding Edge, um, Thomas Pynchon uh, was sort of a, uh, an interesting dissection of that. Um, I, I, I. I I don't know. I don't know. I, um, you know, I, I make a road trip every, every other week to New York city. And, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love the city. I think, uh, I, I, yeah, couldn't say. Yeah. And when you, when you guys are creating these videos, do you ever get, comments or or negative comments i like to call these people the special snowflakes because they think that they're so special and important everybody needs to know their super awesome momentary opinion do you ever have any of these people like leaving you really stupid obnoxious negative comments yeah no i love those guys oh you love them (laughs) we got those we definitely got those yeah no i usually they're complaining about music which i you know what i i appreciate all forms all feedback so i i and i think it's i think it's necessary yeah no i yeah i um uh i i'll I'll be honest i i think we have an awesome audience uh i folks that have reached out to us, um, you know, folks that are rooting us on and sort of cheerleading and even, even those that uh, are criticizing our taste in music. Um, and, uh, I don't know, uh, we, we've, we've been body shamed and everything else. Um, I, I think, uh, there's a place for them as well. I think it's, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, I don't know if it's a niche audience, but it's, it's a pretty awesome group of people that videos have attracted. And, uh, no, I'm, I, it's like Christmas, uh, uh, opening up my inbox and finding some of those, those magical messages. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mentioned it earlier. I, I love, so the Wazooie Man, uh, which we actually wrote an article for Paranoia Magazine, I, I'm just I, I can't get away from that case. Another 
Um, and if 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 anybody is is listening, definitely check that out. Wazooey, W A Z O O E Y. That it's just it's it's such a you know it's 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 like you know two kids uh, have a have a Bigfoot sighting essentially. But there's just so much more to it, and um, I'd love to revisit it because um, even even in that location, uh, Beulah, Colorado, there was a uh, the, the card, the, 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 the guy who had, um, created the Cardiff giant hoax, um, blanking on his name at the moment, but he, uh, he, he had essentially, he had buried another giant down the road from this, this remote location where the, uh, this, this arroyo where the Wazui man sighting occurred. And it's just so unusual. I mean, what, what is it about that spot? You know, he, he buried, uh, the so-called solid Muldoon, which was a petrified giant. Um, I think it was like a mile down the road from this Arroyo. And um, so as we this again, it was like the second stop on our first trip. And Kyle was reading the entry and uh, we realized that we're there on the I think it was the 30. It it was not the 33rd anniversary, but it was close. And it was just it it was just amazing that we were there on that that same day. And, you know, I could could only think of like cyclical time and, and, you know, uh, uh, you know, this, this giant, it was described as a giant mobile haystack with red eyes, which again is, is also something that's pretty awesome about the sighting. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty great. Another episode, which unfortunately, so we get lots of, uh, copyright claims against our videos because we, 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 uh, claim fair use, but we use, we use some really awesome music. And unfortunately, uh, some of the record labels don't like us using it. Um, but the Ossipy Triangle, which we'll, we'll try to get back online. Um, we essentially, it was, it was, a, it was an entry in Jim Brandon's book about a, um, uh, sacrificial stone table on top of Mount Shaw in New Hampshire. And, um, we spent an entire series basically, uh, putting together the pieces regarding this, you know, uh, regarding this area and we finally made our way up the mountain and we, we found the table. I mean, we, we essentially found what we believe is the table. Um, it was lost in a, uh, in a giant, um, uh, forest fire, uh, in 1956. And, um, uh, that was amazing. And I think that video, definitely a huge fan of it. It's about 35 minutes long. So it's a commitment to sit down and watch that. But, um, we've had a lot of great response to that video and, and I, I'd love to make it live again. And people stick with it. I mean, one great thing about YouTube is you can look at your, your watch time and uh, uh, you can see if, if people are actually uh, – if they're dropping off or not. And people tend to stick with that video. They'll watch it all the way through. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty sweet. Uh, one thing that I can, I can say about things like music, uh, being that you guys have this growing fan base, one thing that you might want to try is just having – having somebody that knows how to make like electronic music or screws around with their guitar, have them make you guys some music. Oh, we do. Yeah. We have a lot of, yeah. So like definitely, uh, so, so uh, a buddy of ours drew, um, and, and Chris, uh, even so we've used original tracks from Chris drew ended up writing. So our, our signature, uh, on the, on the West coast series. Um, yeah, we, we, we have a lot of, uh, we, we do have a lot of original music now. Um, again, we, we did not have the, uh, we, we, this, this was just like something we were doing on the weekends for a long time. And, and yeah, we did not have the foresight to, to really consider 
that we, we didn't care whether or not YouTube started pulling down our videos. Uh, but yeah, now we're, we're trying to get more original tracks in there and, you know, yeah, we're trying to do it right. We're, uh, <laughs> we're getting there. So, yeah. And what, this might be kind of a weird question, but what is your opinion on our current president, Donald J. Trump? Oh man, you know, I I am gonna say no comment. No comment. <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody cold. I uh, I yeah, but I I will have to. That is a big no comment. Okay, yeah. smart move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bill, yeah. what what kind of things? I mean, we've talked quite a bit about uh, UFOs, paranormal, occult. I I totally disagree that you that you're a hobbyist. You know way way more than anybody. 99.9% of people out there but outside of this sort of stuff what are you interested in like hobbies interests you into sports uh, drinking anything definitely drinking um no i uh yeah i you know what it's i i, I mean i think uh i'm i'm I, I, I like to make the movies i'm 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 big into that um and uh yeah i i i guess Again, I'm an '80s kid. I, I watch a lot of the, the Marvel comics movies, and I yeah, I, I, I do the drinking, and yeah, I, I guess I guess I kind of uninteresting uh, apart from those things. No, no wait, uh, wait. You brought up yeah. something super interesting to me. You said you like the Marvel comics movies, and these are things that I talk about quite a bit. Uh, now that I have this opportunity, in your opinion, who would win a fight between the Hulk and Thor? Well, we're going to know pretty soon, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's, it's gotta be the Hulk, uh, in my opinion. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I, I love, I love Thor, but, uh, the Hulk, uh, yeah, we cream Thor. Why? What, I, I know you disagree with that. What, what is your opinion? Uh, I, I was talking about this on my last show. I have to go with Thor because he has more powers. He could just fry the Hulk with lightning if he wanted to. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't the Hulk absorb that in the same way he like absorbs gamma radiation? I mean, isn't I, I don't know. I just don't think we know enough about the Hulk. You know, I think I think the Hulk is he's, he's still sort of an unopened book. Ugh, you kind of you kind of got me there. I suppose that if Thor did hit him with the lightning and it did not work, you'd have a Hulk that's ten times as mad and ten times as strong. It's always a possibility, or or just Mark Ruffalo. You know, which is amazing that he's he's hung on to the role for so long after uh, Eric Bana and Ed Norton, you know, had to, had to give up give up the mantle so quickly. But yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm I, I cannot wait for Ragnarok. I, I'm a huge fan of the Guardians movies too. So we live in we live in great times for, for <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you're a comic stuff. book nerd like us, yeah, yeah, and we you know we Kirby factors quite quite a bit into uh some of the stuff we were doing we we actually visited uh a kirby uh a uh a kirby exhibit in one of our videos and it at kirby is is really amazing i mean jack kirby is uh oh yeah you know yeah and 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 so yeah i i mean i think uh yeah yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to go down that avenue. I, I know you're trying to wrap things up. Let's uh, <laughs> let's save that for another uh, another another show if, uh, if 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 we go there. 
So yeah, sure, absolutely. And it, now that we are approaching the end of our interview, um, one thing I did want to ask you before we completely close off is I didn't want to, you touched on this a little bit, but I, I wanted to get an idea of where things are headed and are there any really cool things that you're planning on doing? Any really cool spots or places that maybe you'd like to go that you don't have access to? We, um, I think the two major things that we're working on, we're probably going to revisit New Hampshire. Um, we, with regards to H.P. Lovecraft's time up there, we, we were working with, in one of our series, we interviewed uh, Dave Goudsworth, who was, um, was a manager of Mystery Hill in New Hampshire, and he's a, he's a Lovecraft uh, expert uh, researcher. You know, he, he's, he's written some great books, um, and he kind of uh, turned up some information about Lovecraft in uh, New Hampshire that we'd like to really uh, – run that down. And I think that would probably be a serious documentary for us because it, it kind of, it would be probably something that appeals uh, to a wider audience as well. Um, and uh, it still has, it still has a weirdness quotient going on, but it's, um, it's also this really great story. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the whole wide world, which was a movie about Robert Howard and um, uh, Robert Howard, the writer of Conan, it's in this, this, you know, romance that he had. Um, but it's sort of a similar story and it's, it's sort of a secret, uh, flame from Lovecraft's past and, and Goudsward. Uh, I, my hope is that we work with, with Dave Goudsward on that in the near future. And then we, um, yeah, we just completed photography on, on a, on a feature, which is kind of drawn from some of the, uh, some of the stuff that we hit in the, um, in the series, uh, specifically Lovelock cave. um, which, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's an Indian burial mound, uh, movie. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of burial mounds ever since pet cemetery. So it's, yeah. So that we're working on getting that out right now. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think, I think we pretty much turned something out at a rate of like once every year and a half. So I think we're coming up on something pretty soon. So, let you know if, uh, if, if, if usually it happens really fast, it just comes out of the blue. So keep on posting. Very cool. And we are approaching the bottom of the hour and the end of the interview, but I did want to go ahead. And what I like to do at this point is just open things up completely. And Bill, if you'd like to get on the soapbox, if you'd like to say any last things to my audience out there, and please feel free to go ahead and follow that up by plugging or promoting whatever you would like. Yeah, well, I think I've been soapboxing for the past hour. I apologize again for that, Daniel. But it, uh, I think just just the you know the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash mandate33, um, as well as our, our, our Twitter channel. Uh, Kyle's been, been running that um, and just, just posting uh, news um, and, and his own observations. Um, again, mandate at Mandate 33. And, yeah, just keep an eye out um, at Thath Movie, T-H-A-T-H Movie. Um, that is our upcoming production. Uh, we, we we're, we're in the middle of cutting a trailer for it right now. It, it's looking like it'll be a, an 85-minute feature and uh yeah definitely it's got the heart soul of a of a of a mandate uh of a mandate uh trip 
and uh, hope to be hope to be pushing that out pretty soon as well. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I would just I would just say um, I don't know. I I I, I w- you had you had opened up the show by talking about how what we were doing was kind of new and fresh, and I I would just love to see other people doing this. So uh, yeah, get out there and, and make videos. So yeah, I mean for me. Uh, staying up super late at night at like three o'clock in the morning and watching one of your videos. That's like bliss for me. <laughs> that's cool. No, I'm glad. That's awesome. That's that's I'm glad to hear that. And I, I'd love to, I mean, I, I don't know if it'd ever be possible, but I'd love to get out there in the field with you guys. One of these days, it's just so cool what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Are you, you're in a, you're 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 on the other coast, right? You're yeah, I'm in I'm in Seattle. Someday we we ha- we have yet to go up to the northwest. We'll we'll make it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And Bill, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on here today. Like I said, big fan of what you're doing. Very enthusiastic about it. And I'd love to talk to you again at some point in the future. And maybe we could uh get, we could uh, tie Kyle to a chair and force him to come on. <laughs> He's so good. That's the only way we're going to get him. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay, awesome. And until then, uh, you have a very good day, and and good luck with everything you're doing. I'll keep track of it, and uh, you have a good day, my friend. Thanks, Daniel. Take it easy. Bye. And there you have it. That was Bill from the Mandate 33 channel. Very cool stuff that those guys are doing. Bill is so modest, but... You guys really need to go check out these videos. Uh, you t- just go to YouTube and go to the Mandate 33 channel. Those videos are very cool. And like I said, watching them when you're staying up late at night, it it's an incredible experience. It it's uh you know it's very creepy and and very uh, theatrical. And I just I just kind of found them on my own, and I've been watching them and, and keeping track and everything. And I, I I absolutely had to invite those guys on here. But what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little break. Uh, There is another show today. Uh, We'll be talking to to Greg Hausch, and we still have more on this show to do. So I'm going to take a little break and then come back, and I've got some topics to cover. So stay tuned. Consciousness and Awakening Mankind. This is End of Days Radio. 
And welcome back to the end of days. This is Daniel, still broadcasting to you from the Emerald City, Seattle, Washington, in the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Is it in the heart? It's kind of off to the side, isn't it? Oh well, who cares? Anyways, I'm so happy that you guys are still here. I did play some Alice in Wonderland during the break. I know that you guys listening to the podcast version are not going to be able to hear that. But one thing that I could say is I absolutely love these YouTube videos. They, they show these huge, I don't know if you'd call it a rave or just a performance. I don't know what they call them nowadays. I, it's been so long since I went to one of these things, but there's just waves and waves of people and they're holding up lights and things like that and and there's all kinds of pyrotechnics and lighting and cool stuff to look at. Uh, there's there's one that's really cool, and we have talked about it on this program before. It's called Tomorrowland. And, oh, man, they have some just insane festivals. I'm looking at one right now, and the stage is set up like this purple lit-up dragon thing, and it's so cool. I mean, I know that a lot of people out there, especially you non-Europeans, aren't going to be very into the electronic music, but uh, give it a chance. I mean, it's it's come a long way since the boring sort of droning video game music that, that you used to hear, you know, back when this type of music was first starting out. I mean, that was a very, uh, that was a very early form of it. I highly recommend giving it a chance. I mean, so many of us were, were biased towards certain types of music, like, oh, I'm, I'm a rock guy, I hate rap, or, or I'm into rap, I hate rock, or you know what I mean, stuff like that, or, or just about everybody hates country music. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with country music. There's nothing wrong with it. Some of it is a little annoying, I get that, some of the more pop type of stuff, but uh, country music is fine, it's easy to play, it, it's good to listen to, it's it doesn't mean you're a racist redneck if you listen to country music. It doesn't mean you're racist if you voted for Donald Trump either. Um, but anyways, that aside, electronic music aside, I wanted to talk a little bit about cartoons. I know what you're thinking. Daniel, you have a paranormal show. Why would you talk about cartoons? Well, the reason is because I don't feel like cartoons are as good as they used to be when I was a kid. I remember Saturday morning on network television, all morning long, you would be able to watch really cool cartoons, and they were always coming out with different ones every year. I remember Transformers, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles and Transformers are still around. I don't know if they have a current cartoon for each of them. I'd have to look that up. But where are the Saturday morning cartoons? Or is everybody watching cable or YouTube now or Netflix? Do kids not even sit in front of the TV and watch cartoons at all. And it seems like the cartoons they make are really strange looking, like like SpongeBob. Everybody loves SpongeBob, right? It seems like that style of art is really the way the way everybody goes nowadays. It doesn't seem like you see that realistic sort of art anymore. Not that it was really that realistic, but you guys know what I mean. Something like Thundercats. Where where is a show like Thundercats nowadays? Where is even anything close to the original 80s Transformers? I mean, wasn't that a badass show? There's one episode where, where uh, what's his name? Soundwave. Soundwave is a fucking badass. Soundwave is fighting with the Constructicons over who gets to be the leader because something happened to, something happened to Megatron and 
Starscream was just kind of kicked out of the way when he tried to take over. I forget exactly how it goes. But the Constructicons and Soundwave were going at it for who could be the leader. And Soundwave was going, Constructicons inferior, Soundwave superior. And he did it in that cool robotic sort of voice. Oh man, that show is just so badass. And the Constructicons were badass. They would combine and turn into Devastator. The way that they handled Devastator in the movies was complete shit. They should have made him look like he did in the cartoon. Then it would have been fucking awesome. How do you screw up Transformers? And how are these movies making so much money? If you disagree with me, email me at DanielEndOfDaysRadio at gmail.com and I will be sure to read your letter on air just like I'm about to read this this next one. Looks like I got a bit of hate mail, unfortunately. That does happen now and then. 95% of it. In fact, I'd say 99% of it is people being really super nice to me, but this one, I'll go ahead and read it. Hi, Daniel. You are a shit host. You suck, and you sound like a fag. And there, of course, was no name on that one. It was completely anonymous. So, so I don't know who thinks that or why, but... Look, first of all, who who says FAG anymore? Who says that? That is, that's not even something that you should be, that's not a word that you should even be using nowadays. That's, uh, that's equivalent to using the N-word. I, you, you will never hear me use words like that on this program. I'll say fuck, shit, ass, dick, cunt, but I will never use a racial slur. And I don't plan to because I believe that that's wrong. And I, I don't believe that, that that type of language has any place on my program. Shit ass fuck kind is fine, but no sort of racial slurs or anything like that. So that's against the rules. And what is that supposed to be an insult to me anyways? Like if you imply that I'm gay, that's supposed to insult me. Even if I was gay, why would I care? I, I wouldn't care. I would I would be gay. I'd go find a boyfriend. I don't. That doesn't hurt my feelings for you to call me that. It just shows how childish, immature, and homophobic that you are. Look, you're a bigot. You're sent. You're sending somebody hateful messages like that. You are a bigot. You don't have a life. And I can imagine you're another one of these special little snowflakes. One of these millennials that thinks their opinion is oh so important and it needs to be shared. And I need to spend my time leaving people hateful comments because I'm important and my opinion matters. No, no, no. Your opinion does not matter. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) Maybe your opinion would matter if you had something constructive to say or contribute. And for those of you out there that do have constructive things to say, I don't mind the criticism. I absolutely don't. I want the criticism. Criticize me all day. But don't be hateful, please. And I'm not a shit host, by the way. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um. Let's see what else do we have here. I'm gonna save some of this stuff for later. But one question that was raised is: Am I an activist? Yes and no. I would not pretend that I'm one of these people that goes out wearing hockey gear and battle armor and goes out there with signs and I don't chain myself to trees. I don't do things like that. I talked about this on the last show. I believe in, I believe in smart activism. I believe that you should maximize your energy 
you shouldn't waste your time. You shouldn't waste your energy. And I think that the best thing that you can do is just be an activist in your own life. Meaning maybe you just need to tell your circle what's going on. Maybe you should concentrate on your circle. The people that you know that you can influence, maybe you should focus on that. And if, and if you want to have a platform and reach more people, you should probably start a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog. There's so many different avenues that you can use. But am I ever going to go out there and throw bricks across long distances? <laughs> am I ever going to do anything like that? It's just not me. I'm, I, I would say I'm not a fighter, but I, I am actually into training martial arts and stuff like that. It's just that part of that training means don't put yourself in ridiculously dangerous and dumb situations. <laughs> I think that's something, I mean, I, hey, I don't have any illusions that I could beat anybody up or anything like that. But what I can do is I could avoid putting myself in harm. I could avoid going into certain areas. I could avoid situations like what's going on in Char Charlottesville right now. I don't care how much of a badass you are, how tough you are. If you get a brick thrown at your head, you're dead. Maybe if you're wearing one of those motorcycle helmets, you might be okay. But chances are brick to the head equals dead. Brick to the head equals dead. Just remember that all you kids out there. Brick to the head equals dead. And I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up to the man. I'm not saying you shouldn't fight. But use your mind. The pen will always be mightier than the sword. All damn day. All damn day. Brains over bronze all damn day forever. It's a simple truth. Brains whoop bronze ass. Period. Anyways. Let's keep it moving. Um, let's go ahead and do our mind-blowing moment of the day. And then I will break and go have a little snickety snack and visit the bushes. And then I'll be back here a little bit before 6 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. So let me grab this annoying cocksucking thing. It's time. It's time. It's time for the mind-blowing moment of the day. Yay! <laughs> I'm working on making that more and more annoying. Anyways, so the mind-blowing moment that I picked for today, I really liked what Bill was talking about when he was talking about that place where consciousness, consciousness meets reality, that, that shadow, shadow sort of realm i thought that just really tripped me out that's that's some really cool stuff i'm reminded of the show stranger things and the uh the shadowy realm and all of that that's i think there's some truth there i think that everything is just consciousness quite frankly i don't think that there's like a big difference between physical and mental i don't think there's a huge difference there there might be but I just don't really see it. I, I think that everything is us. And, and not I don't mean you're me or you're my projection. I mean, we're all gods. We're all consciousness, and we're all part of each other's shared dream. And, and everything that we see is an illusion. It's all just consciousness. It's, it's ego and thought and things like that that are actually the illusions. 
I just read something like that the other day, so I'd like to uh, shamelessly plagiarize that forum post that I read yesterday. <laughs> I would say who wrote it, but the person that did probably would like to remain anonymous anyways. So until next time, I will see you guys later. And by next time, I mean uh, less than 30 minutes from now. So signing off, this is the end of days, and I'm Daniel. You guys have a great time. The king has returned from the broken ruins of Babylon. This is the end of days.